The cross is by far the most complex, complicated, and confusing of signs that humanity has ever encountered. For most religious traditions, they'll describe a a sense of the might and the power and the dominion of the divine over what's human. And for our elder brothers and sisters of the covenant, our, our Jewish ancestors, that was certainly the case. The Lord God created everything. He banished Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He sent the floodwaters that Noah and his family would all escape, all because of sin. He called the Jewish people to be uniquely his own people, making a covenant with them to be his chosen people. And he accomplished that by leading them out of Egyptian slavery with all those mighty acts and deeds, the plagues, and then the parting of the Red Sea. He gave them his law and his commandments as a way of expressing their love for him and as a way of living in harmony as his family with one another. These were these watershed moments, these massive things that the most faithful of Jews carried in their hearts for centuries. Yet they recognized that their continued failures to truly follow the law kept leading them to not living in that promised land, to not living in God's kingdom, and instead constantly finding themselves lost in the wilderness. These stories, which were their stories, were coupled, though, with God's promises spoken through the prophets, promises of a coming Messiah who would at last set all things right. And that kept their hopes alive through continued oppression, through exile, through slavery for centuries. Everything they knew of the Lord God had been great and grand, yet their history kept proving over and over again of being unable to live up to God's expectations. They tried maniacally at times to to follow the law perfectly, thinking that only when they did would the Messiah finally appear. But the Old Testament is a pretty big book to navigate through. There's lots in those 46 books that cover a lot of time. There's history, there's poetry, and there's a lot, a lot of laws. How to navigate it all, how to do that perfectly, proved impossible. So at the heart of it all, they kept asking, what's the most important part? The scholars, the leaders, the teachers of his day who struggled and in many cases failed to believe in Jesus as the Messiah, asked him that very question. As they had been waiting and waiting to be saved, as they were arguing over why it had not happened and what did they need to do, they asked Jesus point blank, Teacher, what commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus responded, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, And with all your mind, this is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus was saying that every commandment, every law, every prophetic utterance, it's all about that. But what so many missed and continue to miss is that the Lord God never asks us to do what he himself has not already done. So that means 
God loves us with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind. Every single one of us. It sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? That doubt, that fear, that temptation has undermined humanity since the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve first allowed a slithering serpent's lies to be considered, eventually believing the tempter rather than the creator, and in the process abandoning their their dignity, their identity of being made good in God's own divine image into creatures who instead grasped and wanted to be gods themselves. But God never stopped loving humanity with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind. The God who created all that is out of nothing, and that wasn't believable enough for humanity, pours himself out completely into becoming one of us, in Jesus being born as a baby of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Pours himself out in the Eucharist, where the body and blood at the Last Supper is made real and present in the bread and the wine that we get to take and eat God himself. Pours himself out on the cross. There's nothing subtle about this. On the cross, God himself is giving all his heart, all his soul, all his mind. There's no greater love. There is no other definition of love. There's nothing more he can say or do to demonstrate how madly and deeply and completely he loves us. Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion confronts us with whether we will reciprocate. And for most of us, the cross isn't as bloody or painful, but can be just as real if we see all the opportunities that the Lord presents to us. Whenever we show compassion for those suffering, whenever we offer undeserved forgiveness to an enemy, whenever we take care of the poor or the imprisoned, those incapable of ever paying us back, whenever we make sacrifices of ourselves without looking for notoriety or accolades, whenever we humble ourselves recognizing all the gifts and blessings we enjoy are truly that, they're gifts and blessings from God. Whenever we don't let our gut and our instinct rule and instead pause and ask, is my response going to demonstrate love for God and neighbor? Whenever we make those conscious decisions, we move past this being some complex, complicated confusing sign to recognizing how God has been pretty consistent in telling us who he is and what he's looking for in response. The salvation of the world, our salvation comes when we embrace Jesus, when we embrace his teachings, when we embrace his example, when we embrace his cross.